Welcome back to ABC News at 10. I'm your host, Nathaniel Smithonian. Tonight, we have a special guest for our Contra Uprising segment. Here we have Stepan Petrihenko, who is a Russian sailor. Isn't that right, Stepan? Hello, comrades. My name is Stepan Petrichenko. I was the leader of the Kronstadt Uprising, leading my fellow Russian people and Kronstadt sailors to a better, brighter future. Well, isn't that adorable? What's your opinion of this guy, Vladimir Lenin? I've heard you guys are best buds. Well, the Kronstadt sailors and I began being quite fond of Vlad and his ideas, but as soon as he took the reins after the October Revolution, he became more of a dictator than a democratic leader. Really? I never knew such a thing. Could you elaborate some of the drawbacks for my less intelligent listeners? I would like to know what exact changes Lenin made as a dictator that made you dislike him, because from what I know, Lenin is making Russia great again. Yet. If he would have followed the Marxist definition of communism as he initially stated, then we feel Russia could have been made great again. Instead, he established his own form of communism, Leninist. The Bolshevik government was unable to provide an adequate food supply to urban populations and had restricted their political freedoms and imposed harsh labor regulations. Lenin also did not trust the working class to rule the country. Another big problem was Lenin... Lenin's implementation of war communism. The main features of it were the expropriation of private business and the nationalization of industry throughout Soviet Russia and the forced requisition of surplus grain and other food products from the peasantry by the state. Also, Lenin rid the country of all opposition using his secret government agency, the Cheka. They weren't the nicest police, to say the least. Lenin really didn't care too much about the common Russian person after all. Sounds Dreadful, Stepan. Did you two ever try to hash out an agreement? Because that's what I would have done if I were you. Well, of course we did. My first thought wasn't an all-out uprising. I'm no madman. So, Stepan, what did this Petro-Pavslog resolution entail? Well, we wanted free elections by the Soviets, freedom of speech, press, assembly, and organization to workers, peasants, anarchists, and left socialists. The Bolsheviks and Lenin took all of this away from us, and we wanted it to be reinstated. Alrighty, so what kind of battle took place over the 12 days of March? The Bolshevik government began its attack on Kronstadt on March 7th. Around 60,000 troops took part in the attack. The workers in Petrograd were under martial law. There was a hurry to gain control of the fortress before the thawing of the frozen bay, as it would have made it impregnable for the land army. On March 17th, Bolshevik forces entered the city of Kronstadt after having suffered over 10,000 fatalities. On March 19th, the Bolshevik forces took full control over the city of Kronstadt after having suffered fatalities ranging from 527 to 1,412 in the final day alone. Some of the rebels were more fortunate, like me, being able to escape to Finland, but our large numbers caused the first large refugee problem for the newly independent state. Although Red Army units suppressed the uprising, dissatisfaction with the state, of, the state of the affairs could not have been more forcefully expressed. This led to the creation of NEP, or New Economic Policy in Russia, that relieved some tension. Thanks for your time, Stepan. Great to hear an insider's perspective. Glad I could give the American viewers some further information. That's all we have for Kronstrad tonight. Thanks for listening to ABC News at 10.